Yeah, I'll uh, sing a song now. Yeah. <laughs> Piano, I'll go sit down if you want to keep going. <laughs> Can we even fly over and away from our uh, propensity to uh, clutch on to our stuff? Can we even fly over our ability to be greedy? Can we even fly over our penchant for trusting in our stuff instead of trusting in our God? Paul says we can. He tells the church in Corinth that they can, and through him he tells us that we can. In our relationship with God... Our living, breathing relationship with Jesus. He so fills us and frees us that we live in a joyous generosity in all of life. That's the freedom. The freedom that He gives us to fly in generosity, not just with money, but with time. Not just with time, but with our intellect. Not just with our intellect, but with our bodies, with our everything that we are. In the power of Jesus, we are freed to live joyously, generously, according to His plans and His mission and His redeeming plan for the whole world. That's what Paul tells us. So he told the Corinthians in the passage we're going to look at today, in Second Corinthians chapter eight. We'll actually start with verse 7. It's found on page 941 in your pew Bible. Just to set the scene, you know, Paul, missionary, he's going on journeys around the first century um, the countries in the Middle East, in Greece, and um, around the Mediterranean. And on his journeys, one of the things that is really important to him is to, uh, is to carry out a collection for the poor back in Jerusalem. Don't know exactly the situation, possibly famine, possibly just the persecution, but the church in Jerusalem is finding themselves in poverty. Even uh, significant, this is the mother church, is finding themselves in poverty. So Paul, one of the things that he does on his journey is to make a collection. Uh, you can go back and look at the end of the first letter to Corinth in chapter 16. Um, and then you can look in Romans 15, 26 and 27 if you're so inclined. In, 16, in, in 1 Corinthians 16 is when he announces uh, this uh, um, collection. And then in Romans 15 is when he gives the results of that collection. The first six verses of chapter 8, Paul is, is sharing with the Corinthians the good news of how the Macedonians, that's the folks in like Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea and that kind of, those places, um, how, how they have responded. How they have responded with joy. How they have responded with sacrificial giving, giving even beyond their means. And now he's going to focus his attention on the Corinthians and, and put in proper perspective, their spirit of generosity and, and their participation in this collection for the church in Jerusalem. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Truly are words of freedom, of celebration, 
of breaking loose of the, the ways of this world, of uh, freeing us to truly live in the fullness of the faith that you've placed within us and the grace and mercy that you've bestowed upon us. Continue to lead us so that we hear you and that we follow. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You've, you may have heard it said before, you know, one of the old sayings, you're, you're, of, you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good. I think that really the appropriate statement, the truth is that if we are rightly heavenly minded, then we are of the highest earthly good. If we are rightly heavenly minded, then we are of the highest earthly good. And that's what Paul is telling the Corinthians. That the spirituality is not just a higher essence of being. It's not just about words of truth. It's not just about uh, spiritual experiences. But it shows itself in real ways through things like bank accounts and calendars and where you spend time and energy of your life. In verse 7, it's in Corinth that they, he tells them, you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you. So we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. You see, they, they, they had a lot of the spiritual gifts of knowledge you find that in the beginning of 1 Corinthians. It's in 1 Corinthians 2 that he talks about the, uh, the, the um, gifts of the Spirit. And so they have those, but now he's saying, now it's time of equal importance is to be rich, to excel in this gift of generosity. Because generosity is just as much a fruit of the spiritual life as is faith, Knowledge and love. It's an overflowing of their relationship with Jesus. It is an overflowing, it is a byproduct of their growing maturity in Christ. It is indeed an act of worship. Verse 8, I do not say this as a command, but I'm testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. It is a way that they demonstrate the genuineness of their love for God and the genuineness of their love for their brothers and sisters back in Jerusalem. Throughout chapter 8 and 9, Paul uses worship language to speak of this gift. He even says the collecting of this gift is like a liturgy, which is a fancy word for worship service, order of worship. The word he uses here for this generous undertaking, this gift is the word for grace. He uses it eight times. He doesn't use the, the word giving of stuff. He uses the word grace. To say this is an expression of the grace of God that is alive in you. It is an act of worship before God. So generosity is a byproduct of the, the spiritual life. It is a result of a part of walking with Jesus. Because he goes on, verse 9. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. 
If you are a follower of Jesus, if you're hanging out with Jesus, then He's going to rub off on you. And, and this is the way that He lives. And, and it's not literal. It's not that Jesus was a billionaire and we were poor and now Jesus is going to be poor and homeless and so that we can be billionaires. That's not what he, He's saying. What He's saying is something even grander than that. Jesus... In the, the comfortable confines, the glorious luxury and grace and beauty and joy of heaven left all of that in order to then be a carpenter's son, to have his diapers changed, to be dependent on his mom and dad as a baby for food and clothing. He, he left all of heaven in order to be with us so that we, groveling around, might be able to be with Him and His Father forever. That's the the nature of the generosity of Jesus that is alive within us. He he talks about that earlier in verse 8 with the Macedonians that they, were, uh, they first gave themselves to the Lord. And then they gave themselves in generous gifts to the church in, in uh, Corinth, or to the church in Jerusalem. Even, we're told back in, cha- in the beginning of the chapter, that the, the Macedonians even gave beyond their means. I mean, they gave sacrificially. And that is, was a result of their growing, deepening Walk with Christ. You know, this is our prayer as a Jubilee community that we've been praying all summer. That we would be, that Jesus would lead us, that God would lead us so that we are servants like Jesus no matter the cost. And what a, a glorious summer. And even today of folks parading through, folks from Sunlight Power going into to Central America, uh, the middle school going into Appalachian part of Tennessee. We'll hear today from the classes who are working, continuing to work in, in Senegal and the reminders to us of the uh, mission workers around the world. And then as we have the folks from our youth group that will be going to work with the Angies, in Budapest, Hungary, for two weeks this uh, next month. Um, Just one after another of ways that that we as a church are seeking to live out the way of Jesus. Living a life of that joyous generosity. Trying to help one another recognize how it is an act of worship when we give ourselves for the needs of others. How a life with God has impact on our bank accounts, on our calendars, and on the very purpose and core reason of our life. I wish I could stay up here and and give you a nice formula. This is how much time you should give. This is how much money you should give on these days of the week. But that'd be too easy. And we'd miss out, we'd miss out on interacting with our Savior and Lord. 
in our relationship with Him as He calls and leads us to different places, different ways that He has enriched us, that He has given us riches in order for us to give those riches on to others. Whatever those riches might be. And so if it were just a formula, the formula would be Lord instead of Jesus. And yet what Paul is calling the Corinthians to is a deeper, not just to give, to care for the needs in Jerusalem, which we'll get to, but calling them to growth and maturity in Christ so that they too have the same motivation as the Macedonians, that they in their riches give in a joyous generosity for the needs that they see around the world. Now this week, got a chance to, to see that in a particular way, in a, one of us, a newer, newer member within the uh, congregation, and that was Sue Pangala. And, and Sue, if you want to... I, I met with her this week, and I said, you know, Sue, um, I'd love for to tell your story. Can I have permission to tell your story? And she said, you know, I want to tell my story. <laughs> said, okay, Sue, you come on. Tell, tell your story. So she wrote down her story in order to share that uh, with us. She uh, saw an opportunity. She had the riches that she'll share with us of some uh, knowledge of gardening. She saw an opportunity for a place for a garden right over here between the building and the White House. And some ways that maybe that garden could uh, continue to serve the, the the work of the Lord. So, Sue. I'll let you hold it again. Oh, I'll hold the microphone. Oh, I'll let you hold it again. I'm shaking a little bit. Okay. You're um, among friends. I know that. I, I found that out a few weeks ago. I found that out. Um, when I first became a widow, I read the book of Ruth as an inspiration of the way God wanted me to live after losing the best friend in my life, my husband. Especially in Ruth 1, verses 8 and 9, 14 through 19, and in chapters, chapter 2, chapter 2, 2, second verse, and third verse, when she also lost her husband, and I desired to follow in that same way as this has been my calling. I have gone to the YWCA to learn how to teach people how to read, gone to the Road to Emmaus, the High Park Community Methodist Church. I, I tried several churches where I could volunteer, but have found this church where I can do this and also apply my educational experiences. Also, wasn't, wasn't looked like a handicapped person, but someone who was willing to help someone grow in Christ's love. Give back to God, but like Ruth learned how to do through her mother-in-law. My role for this garden has been Karen Lane. Karen Lane's story of the Feast of Love, especially Easter, when she had to look real hard for the green beans. She finally obtained enough for the benefit. She has taught me not to use my handicap as a crutch, but to use your elements as an aid and, as an aid and trust in God's rich, riches, richness and knowledge. Also, every time I would go out, I would experience the feeling of my father and lose track of time while I was out there. This garden has been a healing instrument for me with my father and my husband and the way I was raised as a child. 
So I prayed long and hard and asked several of the, mem uh, several of the people at the White House and also Pastor Drew Smith and Harold Chappie. Can I put a guard in the back to help with three things? First, give back to the, to the church to be used as, as monetary for the kids who are going to the trips and the ones that meet downstairs. Second, to can green beans to help Karen Lane and the Feast of Love. And finally, it's a healing agent. Before I started this garden, I felt that it had to be blessed. So I asked Bill to bless the garden with the, with the power of Christ Jesus, that it may produce a harvest. Then I had some, had, had some help by having someone take me to Lowe's to buy soil, tools, landscaping logs, 12 by 12 by 2 cement squares, seeds, plants, and other things to start this process. I asked God, but I forgot to ask people, or didn't speak up with the article that was in the Sunday programs. As a result, God has tested my intent on the garden project. I learned a very valuable lesson on Tuesday, July 23rd. Speak up and don't close your eyes to God. Always pray. Always pray and ask questions of Him. He will provide. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Sue. And, and what I appreciated so much from Sue was how she recognized how rich she was. In, in her knowledge, in her vision, in, in her desire. That there was, there was a great riches that then in Christ was given over to the needs of the moment. Which then ended up truly uh, being an act of worship. What are your riches? What are your riches? And look beyond even the bank accounts. Certainly look there. Jesus talked about money a lot. But look even beyond. What are the riches that God has given to you in order to participate in, in His plan, to be co-workers, as we talked about last week, with, with His work? Verse 9, for you know, no, no, verse 10, and in this matter, I'm giving my advice. It is appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. Now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Give out of what you got instead of bemoaning what you don't got. Let that desire, that generosity of God coupled with the riches that He is giving develop within you that desire to see and explore even if it's just a plot of land that could use some flowers and that there's a need for green beans about twice a year. Now what are your riches 
And what is your desire? How's the the spirit of giving within you? Keep those two questions before the Lord. You know, what are my riches? And what is the spirit of giving within me? One of the best ways that is revealed to me how my spirit of generosity is with God is when someone on the street comes and asks me for a dollar. And that usually tends to show that my natural reaction is often anger or guilt or running and hiding. Avoiding eye contact. Versus saying, okay, Jesus, what is the way in this moment that I can give in wisdom, that I can give in resource, that I can give in time with this individual. Most of the time, when I get to that point, which isn't most of the time, sad to say, but when I do get there, it's usually not money that I give. It's usually time, conversation, a walk to a restaurant for food. But that reveals to me, and that's always the greatest time for me to send before God, all right, how's that spirit of generosity that you have, Jesus, so purely, how is it growing within me? And how's it within you? What are your riches? How's that spirit of giving within you? Verse 13, I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of fair balance between your present abundance and their need so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much for the one who had little did not have too little. The third question then, where's the need? I mean, it's pretty clear what Paul is telling the Corinthians. God has you there so that you have more than you need so that those that don't have enough will be balanced. So that you give so that they will have that need. That need fulfilled. God has provided enough. The question is, is it fairly distributed? We freed to see the need and distribute the resources according to God's jubilee. As he quoted here, according to God's manna. That's what he's quoting from, the story of the wilderness journey. Three questions from this this passage. In what ways are you rich? In what ways has God made you rich? How... Is, is your spirit of generosity. How's Jesus' spirit of generosity coming to, to bear in, in your life? And then third, what are the needs that God brings across your path? And then, how do those three interchange? I give you those, those questions to pursue with Jesus, to, to pursue with Him. And be creative. Be creative. Recognize. doesn't matter who you are. You have riches. doesn't matter. Your natural propensities. The Spirit of God, that generous God, lives within you and is transforming you. 
And he's going to reveal to you the needs, the place where we need to have a a more equitable distribution of resources, whether it's money, whether it's education, whether it's love, whether it's forgiveness, food, clothing, hope, the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In, in here today and in our summer, what great opportunities we've seen of our attempts to, to redistribute, redistribute technology and, and light and the love of Jesus in Central America. We're going to try to redistribute the love of Jesus and, and, and reading and gifts and forgiveness as we partner with the Angies in Budapest and, and as we'll hear in a little bit of the redistribution of, of resources in God's kingdom for the work in Senegal. And our hope and desire for the the folks that go on these particular trips is so that they will see their whole life as a mission trip. You know, that on these journeys, as we sort of break out of our little bubbles that we can create to live in so we don't see the needs that are around us, when we break out of that and we go into Central America, we go into the Appalachian places in Tennessee, we go into to Budapest, and we see the huge needs that are around us, and we recognize then the riches of the gifts that we have, whether it's there or if it's just in a garden plot right over there, that we recognize our whole life is a mission trip. We don't just do it one or two weeks every summer. But we do it wherever we go. The deacons are going to distribute to you a little uh, $1,000 bill with some uh, comments on it. Uh, just another tool to help us recognize the value of the resources that we have. And as they're distributing that, I I encourage you to take this, take those questions, bring them before the Lord. What are the riches that you've blessed me with? How is my spirit of generosity flowing from you? And what are the needs that you have placed around me? As you receive this, you'll see it's just a way to spend $1,000 over the course of a year. Less than $100 a month. Another way to show us the great riches that, uh, that we have and the abilities to then bless the world in the name of Christ. As you're reading that, continuing to hear how God would impact you, I'm going to invite the team that's going to Budapest to come forward. Now.
Ooh. This is a, another picture of the way we redistribute the resources that uh, even on the platform yeah, <laughs> around the globe and how we don't just uh, give money, but we give ourselves. Um, even give some of our loved ones um, to, in order to better distribute love, forgiveness, mm-hmm. grace, peace, and better distribute pain as well. Tony, just uh, fill us in. All right. Uh, first of all, let me just say thank you. Uh, for your prayers for Confrontation Point, Tennessee. We had an amazing trip a couple weeks ago. It was fantastic. Uh, We took 22. We brought 22 back. That's always the first good sign of a trip. (laughs) And if you've ever been on a trip with a junior high, know that that's a good thing. We had an amazing group of junior high students. We had an amazing group of leaders. Thank you so much for your your prayer and financial support. Uh, This is almost two years in the making, actually a little over two years in the making, this trip, uh, when we first met with Joe and Kathy Angie. And so a lot went into it, a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of work. And uh, and when I mentioned that we were going to take a group of high school students and some amazing leaders uh, to, to Budapest, my first, some of my first reactions were, were you going to Eastern Europe? That, that's crazy. You're going to raise how much money to do this? That's crazy. I get called crazy a lot. <laughs> I think just for that. I'm not sure. But man, this is, I, I was talking to these guys yesterday and I said, there is not a doubt in my mind that this trip was ordained by the God of the universe to happen at this time for this purpose. So on July 1st, which is this Wednesday at 2 p.m., 2.08 p.m., if you guys would just pray for us, we're going to be heading out of Greater Cincinnati Airport on our way to New York and then over to Budapest for 15 days. Next week, a week from tomorrow, we will be starting a day camp called Friendship Ranch, where we will be sharing the love of God through the story of Joseph, set in a Western theme. So we're all going to cowboy up for the trip, and, and it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Yeehaw. Uh, and it's going to be very exciting as we reach out to children from all sorts of different backgrounds and countries, and we're very excited. So as we go, go out, as you leave here, there are some things you can pick up if you'd like. If you've not picked up one of these yet, we still have more of these out there, and it's just a little brochure that tells about why we're going uh, and, and what we're doing there. So uh, feel free to pick one of those up there in the literature racks or on the youth table. Um, if, if there are no more left, chpcyouth.com. That's free. All right. The other thing you can pick up out there, on, as soon as you go in the atrium on the round table, there's some bookmarks. 
And they kind of look like this. Okay. Uh, some of them have pictures of the whole team and they've got the, the names and everything. And, uh, and some are just individual students. I just happened to pick up uh, Hannah Smith. Um, and it tells a little about who she is and what she does. It tells just some of her basic life and what she does. And, but then it also tells about why she wants to go to Budapest this year. It's pretty cool. And there's one for every single member of the team, including leaders. If you would, would you just pick up one or two of these? Put it in a book or on the refrigerator where you'll see it and say, you know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for Hannah Smith for the next 15 days. Start praying now. We've been preparing for 11 weeks. These guys have been working since Easter to get ready for this. Yesterday, we packed up close to 400 pounds of supplies and crafts and snacks. God's going to do big big things. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for allowing us to be your hands and feet to, to join with Joe and Kathy Angie in Budapest. Let's uh, take a time to pray uh, together then. I'm going to invite the classes to come up here also and invite anyone else and we'll do what we did first service. Um, feel free, um, anyone, to... Uh, Find a place to kneel. Um, You're welcome to anybody who's welcome to come.